Today, we're uh, finishing our series at the movies. We've been going to the movies this summer. We believe God, you know, he speaks in all different ways. And one of our favorite ways to do in the summer is to jump into movies because I think they have such a, we, we serve a creative God. Amen. He's so creative. In fact, the, the first thing we read about him is that he created. And, and so we love to jump into the creativity and see what God has to speak to us. So I'm excited to dive in today and I, I encourage you pull out your notes. We got some note sheets on your, your chair in case you didn't bring anything, but what you didn't title today at the top, turn that failure into forward motion. I want to talk to you today about failure because I think it's inevitable for every single person in your journey and your story to at some point, if you're doing anything great, if you're doing anything that you feel is beyond just making it through your life, you will face failure. And maybe there's some in this room that you're facing that, either failure or you're facing feeling stuck or you're feeling like just there's a, there's a pause in your motion. I wanna to talk to you today because I believe that failure is the greatest opportunity for forward motion. In fact, I believe that without failure, there can be no forward motion. I believe that without valleys, without hardships, without trials, there cannot be growth in your life. How many have heard the saying, no pain, no gain? In order to grow something, you must first break something down. And so I want to talk to us today about how to approach failure. How do you view it in your life, in your story, as you're building something, as God has called you to something. We all feel like a call and a purpose. And if you're around God enough, you'll realize that he is a purpose-filled God. And every one of us, he deposits purpose into. So as soon as you're born into the family of God, as soon as you say yes to Jesus, that purpose now lives inside of you. And you can't help but just to come alive to that purpose. And that's why that's our big thing here at Change is it's change makers coming alive to their purpose. So today I want to talk about failure because it's inevitable that you're going to face it. And so I want to make sure that you and I, we face it with a healthy perspective and that we can fail forward. We don't fail and stop. It's not the end of our story or the end of our chapter, but maybe it's just the comma of what God wants to build in you. So today we're going into Apollo 13. Now, how many remember that movie? It's an oldie but a goodie. I was like, 1995, what was I doing in 95? Besides rocking the Backstreet Boys and, you know, the age of the, the pop. But Apollo 13, it's the seventh mission to the moon. And it was actually a failed mission. And so I want to jump in. Uh, would you turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians? Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to show you in the word of God that it talks about everybody having purpose. And, and Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. Oh man. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you are a masterpiece. Come on. If you're sitting by your significant other, this is good brownie points time. Okay. Add your little flair to it, but if you're single, make a move. This is your time. You are God's masterpiece. Another translation says handiwork. 
He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Another translation said, which he prepared for us in advance. The good things that he placed inside of us, that he planned for us to walk into. One thing you have to realize from the start is that you are God's masterpiece, handiwork. In other words, you're a one of a kind. There's nobody like you. There's no fingerprint that matches yours. You are a masterpiece. And the Lord has a plan that he has prepared in advance for you. So what we realize is when we come into the works of Christ in our life, we realize that we're walking into what he's already prepared. This is where we can trust in God. This is where you can have faith that he is the sovereign God. The sovereign God, which means he he is above all, in all, and taking care of all. He's sovereign. He's above what we think and we think should be judged in conflict and condemnation. He's above that. He's sovereign. And so the beautiful thing about it is that when we walk with Christ, we are walking in a plan. We are walking in a purpose that's beyond us. So when we walk in that, we realize that we are a masterpiece. So we have to not let failure define us, that we just have to view failure as a part of the journey. Okay, write that down. It's not profound, but you just need to know that. You need to remind yourself of that. Failure is a part of the journey. Now, I'm not talking about moral failure. I'm not talking about sin, that kind of failure. Now, I believe there's grace for all. And that's why the beauty of the cross, when we come to it, we can bring all of our baggage, all of our junk, all of our sin. I don't, I don't believe in a come, get yourself ready and then come to God. I believe bring your dirt to the cross. How many are grateful that God bring, accepts us like we are? He doesn't ask us to clean up to come to church. He doesn't ask us to clean up to come into relationship with him. He says, bring it all to me. But today I want to talk about failure and, and, and moving in something that you feel God has called you to. All throughout my life, I feel like God has spoken specific things into each chapter of my story. And for some of you, you can remember back to when you were a kid. Maybe there's a time in your life where you felt a significance over your journey. And then you get older and you realize that life has turns and all sorts of paths that we're following. But we can't let failure define us. We have to let it push us to greatness. I'm here today to make sure that you don't throw in the towel on your dream. I'm here today to make sure that you don't give up and quit when it gets rough. Because there's way too much that God wants to use you to do that's beyond us. I love Psalms chapter 145. Psalm 145 in verse 13 says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. What a definition of who God is in our lives. That he is, number one, trustworthy with the promises. Now, when you read the word of God, you read the promises of God. You read what he spoke over his people, which we've been crafted into that story. What, what he spoke over, you'll read in the Old Testament, you'll read all about the Israelites and the chosen people. 
But then when Jesus came and separated the curtain, you'll read about like when, when he died on the cross and the curtain was broken, literally it let all come to him. So we're crafted into that story. And when we're crafted in that story, now we come into this trustworthy God where we're walking in the promises of God for us. Now, how many know we are not worthy on our own? We've got to get that, we've got to get that knowledge because we're not worthy on our own and we can't do enough to earn his grace. You can't. You can't be good enough. You can't be religious enough. And so when you come into this realization that God is a trustworthy God with his promises that are true and he is faithful to let them come and be a part of all he does in our life, then you realize you are living in something that is beyond you. You didn't earn it. You didn't pay for it. And yet God gives it freely to you and you serve him. You serve the Lord that is faithful and trustworthy. And that is an incredible path to walk. And look at verse 14. This is where it gets good. The definition of God is trustworthy and faithful. And then it says this, the Lord upholds all who fall. The Lord upholds all who fall. And check out the next part. And lifts up all who are bowed down. Now in the context of this, bowed down is literally to be bowed down under pressure, under something that is heavy, a burden, if you would. And so what the Lord is saying is, I am sovereign God. I am trustworthy and I am faithful of my good promises over you. Everything you read is for you as a child of God. And in your life, you will face things that make you fall and bow down under pressure. But I am a faithful God, so I take all of my sovereignty, all my power, and I uphold you when you fall. This is the promise you can hold on to today. And if you get nothing else, this is, this is a good nugget to take. When you fall, the Lord is there upholding you through the fall. When you fail in the midst of trying for the Lord, I can't count how many times in my life that I've tried something and it's come to something that didn't feel like success. It didn't feel like something that I could be proud of. But yet in the midst of it, I realized that the Lord is upholding me in that moment. So I want to take us to our first clip of Apollo 13, where we see, we see one of the astronauts talking to his son about doing something new and great and explaining what's going to take place. So check it out. I feel like sometimes God calls us to something that maybe we've seen failure in others. How many of you ever felt in your story that uh, you're stepping into something that is beyond your ability to accomplish? I see hands just to encourage those in this room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a, a time in our lives where when you come to the realization that you're called into something that is greater than yourself. And I think about this conversation because he's having this conversation with his son about a mission that had failed. And now he's stepping into something that has failed in the past. They've tried to work out the details so they can make another something happened. I believe that those times are the, the faith gap. And last week, Ashley talked about moving from what you know and what you're comfortable in to what you don't know and the unknown. And that in-between time is really the faith gap. It's the faith gap of not knowing. And especially if you've ever lived life and fe felt failure, then you realize how hard it is 
to move into something new. And I want to encourage us because I believe that when we do something, even though there's been failure, that the Lord moves on those moments of faith. And I want to challenge you in this room to be faithful with where you're headed. Be faithful with what you know. Many times in our life when we... uh, when we're on our journey and, and me and Ashley are talking about the next season or where we're headed. And a lot of times, going to be totally transparent, a lot of times we're stepping into something that is beyond what we've experienced or, or done or been schooled on or, or been trained in. And so and we were laughing the other day just talking about some of the beginning times of Helm and where we would jump into a project and, and do something that, you know, we were literally learning as we go. And I think that those are the most beautiful times of learning as you go because when you realize that it's beyond you, you lean on a power that's not yours. When you, when you realize that it's beyond you and you need something greater than you, you start to lean on the power of the Almighty. And this is the, uh, the mission on our life. What we have to realize when we come into Christ, the mission on our life is the greatest commission ever. When you look back at the greatest commission, you'll find it in Mark. Actually, it's all throughout the Gospels, but one of the, the greatest collections, I think, is, is Mark 16, 15. I love how he says it because he said, Jesus said to his disciples, and he gave them the greatest commission before he left. And he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Now, this was the mandate on us. So from the time that Jesus left until he comes back for us, that's the mandate on our lives. Now, I'll tell you, Every one of us is going to do this differently. For some of you, it's going to look like writing a book. For some of you, it's going to be look like pushing forward a nonprofit. For some of you, it's going to be starting a business. For some of you, it's going to be music. I know there's some artists in this room. For some of you, it's going to be creating something. Some of you, it's going to be jumping into a mission that's started. It all looks different, but the one mission stands the same, is that we're called to reach people for Jesus, to preach the good news, to preach the gospel, the story of how God loves us so much. But the beautiful part about it is in Acts 1.8, he said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jesus said, for this mission, I'm gonna give you what you need. And that's what we have to realize is when we walk into something that is beyond us, God meets us with what we can't do on our own. He meets us with power he meets us with the ability. He meets us with the Holy Spirit. And with that on our lives, there is nothing you cannot do. I want to jump into clip number two because now it's launch day. So they're about to go for new limits, go for the possibility, create new hope. So watch them on launch day. Houston, we have blast off. Oh yeah. How many have ever felt this season in your life where you feel like you've launched into something new and it feels great? Success. Now I want to talk about when that moment happens when you're in the middle of something great and then the moment of failure or the moment of stuck happens. I think it's going to happen to all of us in our seasons, but I remember when we were youth pastors in Kennett Square and we were youth pastoring with the kids and we felt like God was calling us to, to do something beyond just what we knew and what we were doing. And so 
we, we tried all sorts of things. We, we, you know, we thought that it was going to be planting youth groups all over the country. And so we started looking at different spaces to have the youth groups. And I remember being so excited about what God was doing and feeling so certain as well. And then when we went after our first space, it was like the floor fell out. Not literally, but almost. The place had asbestos and all the sorts of stuff. And we walked in and the space just didn't work. And so many doors were closing and we were like, what is happening? How many have ever felt like in your dream when you go at it, sometimes you face those places where you feel stuck. You're building something and then all of a sudden it feels like every door is closing. Or you fail at something. And you're like, what the jazz? I, I feel like I'm called to this, but it is so hard. It's in those moments when if we can pause long enough to realize that our energy is forward, even when we feel stuck, that there's another way. Now, what you have to realize is the seventh mission to the moon actually failed. They launched, and then hours after, one of the oxygen tanks exploded. There was fire in the, the, the engine part of it, and and so now their mission wasn't get to, to the moon. Now their mission turned to get these guys home safe. CO2 was filling. There wasn't enough power to get them around. So they had to literally use the moon's force to get back. How do we know that sometimes detours can create new synergy for something new that you didn't even know was a mission on your life? A lot of times in my life, my story has always looked like go with what I know until I hit doors that I can't get through. And then when I can't get through those doors, I ask the question, why? God always leads us and guides us. And so when you hit those places of saying, I can't go past this, you have to ask the question, why? Why? Pause enough to say there is purpose in this pause. There's purpose in this pause. And sometimes what we think we know and we're certain of becomes something that the Lord wants to take a little turn, something else. I want to encourage you in those moments that those are the times that you need people around you. And I'm going to ask you the question today, because all of us in our path, we're, we're going after greatness. We're going after what God wants to do in us. In fact, Paul even said it the best. He goes, I haven't reached what God has called me to because it's so high, so great. So I'm going after that. And so we're all attaining this thing, but I want to ask you the question, who is in your inner circle? I think it was Spurgeon who talks about the inner circle and outer circle, but he talks about reaching the outer circle. That's what we're all called to do. Reach the world for Jesus, right? Reach the world with the gospel. But he talks about the inner circle, which is the one that reaches us, that speaks to our heart, that speaks to our being, that speaks to our mental state. And I think about these guys on the, the aircraft because they're literally stuck in space and they're fully depending because all the science came back. They didn't have enough power to get back. They, uh, the engines weren't enough. So they had to literally move into the, the uh, what's it called? The lunar module. I'm not an astronaut, but you know, I'd love to play one in a movie one day. The LM, we'll call it. The LM. So they had to use the LM because that was the thing that lands on the moon. 
but now it was the only thing sufficient to get them back. And so these guys are literally depending on their team back home to figure out how they're going to get this huge spaceship home safe, alive. I think a lot of us go through that in our lives is when you hit a wall, you hit rock bottom, whatever you want to call it, you hit a time where you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And there's been so many times in our story where when we get to that place, we look to our inner circle. The people who can speak life into us in the time when we have nothing. The time when we feel stuck in space with the engines blown. Where we feel like, I thought this was where we were headed, but God knows the engines just blew up. And now here we are sitting in space, not knowing how to get home. How many have ever been there? Come on. And you're like, God, what do I do? And it's in those moments that you have to depend on your inner circle. So I want to challenge everybody in this room. Get an inner circle who can speak to you. We see this example with Jesus. He always walked with a posse. He always had a crew. He picked his 12 disciples and did life with them. The entire public ministry of Jesus was with people. He never did it alone. And so we take this model. That's why the church is so important. That's why we do life together. It's not just a weekend experience because you weren't meant to do life alone. You weren't meant to go through the valley alone. You weren't meant to suffer alone and you weren't meant to celebrate alone. How many know celebrations alone are, they suck? You're like, okay, goody, goody. So many, so much cake you can eat by yourself, okay? Only so many things you can say in the mirror, like congratulations, myself. No, you need people to celebrate with. You need inner circle to say, hey, speak life into you, to figure things out with you. Say, hey, I don't know all the answers. And <laughs> you got to watch this movie because I, I was reminded when I was watching the clips, I was like, oh, this is so good. But they all, they take everything that was in the spaceship and put it on a table. Like, okay, they have gray tape up there. They have pipes. They have this lunch thing. They have the launch manual. And so they're like, all right, we got this many hours. We got to figure out a plan to keep these guys alive and to get them back to earth. You need a crew that's in your corner that's going to put everything you have on the table and say, all right, we don't have everything. We don't have all the money in the world. We don't have all the answers in the world. But I'm here to buckle down and figure this out with you. You need that crew. You need that circle. I say, I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to sit here until we figure it out. I remember going through, you know, the pandemic, and it seems like forever ago, but literally it was just like three years ago, guys. I remember going through that time, and it was one of the most difficult journeys, honestly, because it was a lot of, I mean, how many of you felt it? Like, you feel like, I'm questioning, like, what are we doing? Are we ever going to get back to normal? It just felt a little bit chaotic. But in that time, man, we had a crew that surrounded us. I remember the times that we just sat with a Doc and Kirby and just processed and just tried to figure out how do we make this thing work in the midst of what doesn't make sense. I remember back, back, back when the kids were young and, and on Nay, we were, you know, we were training our kids and all of a sudden what was working with Zion wasn't working with on Nay. And I remember feeling stuck in the spaceship in space and calling our inner circle and be like, help, I don't know what to do. 
I remember that time with the youth group when we were trying to figure it out, but it just wasn't working. And we're sitting with our mentors. We're sitting with people that we looked up to, our inner circle. And we said, I don't know what to do. And for some of you, that's a place you find yourself right now. You feel stuck. You feel like, feel like you've been in a place where it's not making sense. You need a crew. Proverbs 13. So good. Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. For the companion of fools suffer harm. You have to realize there will be obstacles and failure in your path. But it matters who you're walking with. Matters who's on the journey with you. It matters who has your back. It matters who's thinking about you when you, you wish somebody would just text you and call. It matters to have somebody in your corner. Say, I'm looking out for you, doing life with you. One of the, the greatest things that we need to learn to do, I want you to write this down because I think there, there are ways to approach failure in a way that can be a successful journey. And one of the, the biggest things is to reframe your failure. In order to move forward with the failure, you have to reframe that failure. You gotta get out of the definition that failure is something that's gonna cause you to quit. You gotta get out of the mindset that failure is bad. We have to start going forward with the mindset that failure is a part of the journey. If you can reframe the perspective and say, this is just a part of making me better. This is a part of the journey of making me stronger. Let me tell you, if God gave me everything that I've ever prayed for, I would not be half the man that I am today. If God would have blessed me with all the things I was praying over our marriage, we would not be as strong as we are today. Guarantee it. I needed those trials. I needed those valleys, those dry places where I didn't feel God, those dry places where I felt stuck, those dry places where I felt like we might fail. God help us because I I feel like we're going to fail. I needed those times to be desperate. I needed those times to grow in my character. I needed those times, and you do too. You need it because in those times you, you, you stretch your faith muscles. You stretch your ability to trust in God. You trust in the almighty that's beyond your ability. And now you can pray prayers of faith. Now you can believe in what God can do because you know it's beyond you. It's beyond you. But it matters who you're walking with. So number one, reframe. Gotta reframe and realize that failure is a part of the journey. And then the second thing is to redefine failure. When you redefine failure as a step forward instead of a a step backwards, you start to grab onto failure and embrace it. Because when the frame is shifted, the meaning changes. 
when the frame is shifted on what you're seeing before you, when that, that fall down, now you realize the Lord upholds those who fall. The Lord is with those who are bowed down under prayer. When I fall, when I fail doing God's work, he is right there strengthening and reworking it. So when I redefine failure as a place of growth, as I redefine those hardships as places where God is molding me and shaping me, I start asking the right questions in the time of failure. I start looking for answers in the right places because I start leaning in to my inner circle. I start leaning into what God is speaking in that time. I start depending on not myself. How many know it's so easy to depend on God when you need him? Come on. And it's so hard to depend, honestly, it's so hard to depend on him when everything's going well. You don't need God. When everything's in order and everything's good, you don't need God. God just becomes a part of the the weekend thing. But man, when you need him, he becomes your source. And that's where he wants us. Because when he's, when he's the source of our strength, when he's the source of our wisdom, he's the source of what we do, he can empower us to be his children, to move in things that we can't do on our own. In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, consider it pure joy. This is, this is a redefinition scripture. So you've got to write this one down. James chapter 1, and we're going to read 2 through 4. Here's how we redefine failure. He says in verse two, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. I preached on this scripture before, but I love it that he ends with this whole thing of lacking nothing, being complete and whole. If you think about a sequence, you think about something going around and starting again, going around and starting again. And we think about our, our life. If you think about your life like that, you think you start somewhere and then you come around and you end somewhere. And that's a growth pattern. And the same thing happens again and again and again. What the Lord wants to do in you is he wants to start your journey let you go through the part of growth and building so that you can complete and be perfect in what he wants you to accomplish in the next season. If you don't face trials and you don't face failure, you can never move on to the level God wants you to reach. And so when you redefine to say, hey, consider it pure joy. Start to celebrate when you face these things. Start to celebrate when the engines fail. That's hard. Start to celebrate when you start looking and you're like, oh, I don't see any open doors. Man, I've been trying, I've been grinding at this, but it seems like it's going nowhere. Praise God in that time. Be faithful to him because it's in that moment that he wants to create in you perseverance. He wants to create in you something that wasn't there before. Come on, somebody in this room, you need perseverance. You need that endurance. You need that, that tenacity to grab onto the horns of the altar and to pray until it's done, to seek God for your, for your family, to seek God for your marriage, to seek God for your kids, to seek God for your loved one. I remember when uh, my grandpa was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I remember how it shook our family because we hadn't really dealt with sickness in our family up to that point. 
And I remember when that hit our family, we went to the throne room of God. We prayed and sought God. And it's in those moments where life is shaken, where failure happens, where we feel like the, the bottom dropped out, that we depend on something greater than us. As in that moment that the Lord said, I want to create in you endurance. I want to create in you faith. I want to create in you to be mature and complete, lacking nothing. All right, so now we're coming back to earth. They used the moon to get back, and now they're in the LM, which was meant to only last for two hours on the moon. They needed to last for four hours getting back to earth. It's going to be a miracle if they get back. I hope it happens. Check it out. The re-entry. There's a part where NASA is talking about all the things that could go wrong. And I love, I love what he responds to them. As he says, this will be our finest hour. And I want to encourage someone in this room. You might be weighing out the option. This is why it's so important who's around you because you might have all the naysayers saying why it can't. You don't have enough of. And I want to speak to you today because I believe that the Lord wants you to know this will be your finest hour. In Philippians 1.6, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Somebody say completion. Somebody say he's not done yet. Come on, say like you mean it. Somebody say he's not done yet. He ain't done with me. He's not done with your story. He's not done with what you're building. There's a ton of things that could go wrong, but I'm here to tell you with the spirit of God in you, what he began, he will bring to completion until the day he comes back for us. What God started, he will finish. What God birthed in you, he is faithful and just to come in and move on it to completion. God's not done with you. And this will be your finest hour. One of the greatest ways that we can take on who God is is when we allow him and release to him what we hold on to as security. How many got security blankets? Come on, be honest. I got security blankets. I got things that I depend on in my life in order to feel good, in order to feel secure. And when we walk with God, we have to release what's in our hand. We have to release what makes sense on paper. We have to release what looks like could hold us together in the middle of every storm. But as we've seen with the world falling apart and sometimes that what we hold on to as a culture as steady is shakable. But the Lord, what he does is unshakable. So I'm gonna encourage you. The best is now and yet to come. And what God started in you he is completing in you. And what looks like failure is actually a move forward. What looks like trial and what looks like God is abandoning you is actually him taking you in and building your character, building you into something that can handle the mission that God has for you because he's not 
done yet. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, say, he's not done yet. This is what it looks like, that day of victory, when you stand and everybody's cheering you on like, you did it. In fact, the Bible says there's a crowd of witnesses up in heaven cheering us on, being like, yo, go, what's up? My grandpa's up there. Actually, both my grandpas and my grandma's up there. My great-great-grandfather's up there, and he was one of the greats that prayed for people and were healed. He's up there cheering me on, saying, Elijah, go! Don't give up! He's not done! And the hard thing is, we can't see everything he's doing. Don't you wish you could see? Don't you wish he would just give you a pair of prescription glasses you could just put on and be like, oh, there he is. Oh, there's God moving. I wish, I wish he would just show me all the chapters, but at the same time, I don't because I couldn't handle it. My mind would blow up if I knew everything. If I knew all this was going to take place 10 years ago, I would have been like, I'm out. But thank God he is faithful to walk beside us, to build us in the journey, to use that failure to move us forward. And God is not done yet. As Sean comes, I want to open up this altar as a a place where we release what's in our hands. Here's what I believe. I believe that God's not done with your story. God's got levels that you haven't reached yet. God's got parts of your story that might scare you, that you're going to walk into. God's got parts of your chapter that's going to be the climax of your story. And yet we cannot walk into them if we're holding on to our security blankets. We can't walk into them if we're holding on to something that we think is stable that's outside of his power and goodness. So what I would love to do is as we worship today, I want to just have a time where we respond to what God wants to do in the middle of our season of stuck. In the middle of you feeling maybe like a failure. In the middle of you feeling maybe like you've reached your end that we release to him and say, God, you are the only one that's able. You are the only one that's capable of doing a new work in me, of working out my inadequacies, of working out my failures, of working out the parts where I don't feel like I'm enough. And yet I look across this room and I know that every one of you, man, oh, you are destined You're destined to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to invite you today to just take a step to surrender. And and why we lift our hands is is because it is an act of surrender, you know? It's saying, "I, I want to take my hands off and give you full control. If you want to do that today, to step in, change family, to what God wants to do in your life, would you come? you stand your feet? Would you lift your hands? Would you surrender that which maybe you've been holding on to? Maybe you've been holding on to those finances with everything you have to say, I I can't. Maybe you're holding on to your your job or your schedule or whatever it is. And the Lord wants you just to release it and say, Lord, it's yours. I surrender it. I surrender it into your hands because you're faithful. And what's in your hands, you can work into completion into perfection in my life. So as you surrender today, the Lord is working on that surrender. The Lord is working on that obedience. As you say, Lord, I'm not enough. He comes in, he says, yeah, I know I am. (laughs) 
And when we say, Lord, we don't have enough strength, he goes, I know I'm the strength in your weakness. We say, Lord, I feel a little crazy right now. He goes, I know, because I'm the peacemaker. He said, Lord, I, I feel anxious right now. He goes, I know my perfect love casts out all fear. If you just surrender to me, I will be the answer. I will be sufficient for all your needs, even the things you're not even praying for. You think it's a failure. No, I'm working on that failure. I'm working on that stuck season. I'm working on you, working on you. So Lord, today we surrender to the able, the capable, the mighty God. We surrender to what you're doing, the things we cannot see, the things we have to have faith for. So open up our eyes, open up the eyes of our hearts, God, that we can walk boldly knowing you have our back. You are able, you are able. Come on, let's worship him, let's surrender to him.